Shall we begin? Let's begin now. This episode of No Accounting for Taste is sponsored by Intuit QuickBooks. It's great to have such a well-established and thought-leading sponsor on board for the podcast. Just like we deliver everything you need from accounting news, QuickBooks has everything you need for your accounting software. For more information, go to quickbooks.intuit.com forward slash accountants. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Accounting for Taste, the podcast for accountants from accountingweb.co.uk. I'm Tom Herbert, editor of the site, and this week we are going to be talking self-assessment nightmares, rubbish robots, and asking why keeping patisserie Valerie afloat wasn't a piece of cake. So we have a panel to discuss all these things, uh, speeding across the airwaves like Prince Philip's Land Rover. It's our practice correspondent, Richard Hattersley. Hi, Richard. Hello. Thanks for the introduction, Tom. Thanks for the introduction. No problem at all. And uh, also the man who has recently reclaimed his title as most unspellable name at Accounting Web, yep. it's Francois Badenhorst. Yeah, very proud of that. It's, uh, I, I phoned my mum and my uh, mum and dad and they were very happy to hear it, so... Good stuff. And I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast, accountant and owner of Bookkeeping Practice But The Books, Zoe Whitman. Hi, Hi. thanks for having me back. It's, it's a pleasure. So since you were last on the pod, it's fair to say a lot's changed. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll be digging a little bit deeper into that later on. So let's take a look at the headlines. They're quite tax heavy this week, but I guess with self-assessment on people's mind, It's kind of inevitable, uh, but we will start with some good old-fashioned schadenfreude in the form of this month's disciplinary roundup. So the third most read story on the site is our disciplinary roundup. Uh, Richard, tell us more. Yeah, so uh, this month we had a chartered accountant who was jailed for fictitious merry-go-round of false accounting, uh, quoted the uh, judge. Um, he tried to appeal his ICAW exclusion um, from behind bias. Hmm. Um, he wasn't lucky on this occasion. And uh, also in this month's disciplinary, he had an accountant who buried his head in the sand. And this was a lesson to be learned of, if you've got something happening, just don't ignore it. It's not going to go away. I'm just picturing the, the accountant behind bars, like in a glass cell, like Hannibal Lecter. I've been uh, expecting you. Yeah, some 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 um, some young agent from the ICAW has to go interview him. <laughs> Dear me. Yeah, I guess these disciplinary orders, obviously they happen for a reason, but I, I guess they would be an accountant's worst nightmare. Oh, I'm always terrified every time I see this article. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on, the second most read story on the site was a Rebecca Cave piece on HMRC computer errors and the grief that they are causing. So as we hit the busiest 10 days for filing tax returns here in the UK, uh, HMRC's computer is experiencing some issues, um, spewing out incorrect penalties and wiping some tax payments due. Um, So this was flagged by accounting web member Penelope Pitstop, who uh, had received a penalty notice for the late filing of a 2017-18 trust tax return. so uh, obviously the filing date for that return is the 31st of January 2019, so it wasn't filed late, and the penalty was wrong. There was a known issue last year with tax uh, tax returns for trusts. Um, uh, there's a lot of detail around this in the article um, that you can find 
on the site and in the show notes. Uh, it's all very unfortunate and even made it even more so by the fact that um, last year uh, Clifford Chance partner Dan Needle, who is one of the country's top tax lawyers, uh, received one of these incorrect filing penalties and he's got one again this year. Um, they, really, yeah, they really know how to pick their <laughs> yeah. pick their uh, enemies then. Uh. Indeed, um, yeah, judging by his Twitter account, he is unimpressed, shall we say. Uh, last year has prompted him to issue a Freedom of Information request through which he discovered HMRC had cancelled over 1.2 million late filing notices over the three years to 2016. Um, so, yeah, un- unfortunately, it, it sort of triggered an unfortunate um, series of events um, for HMRC. So, uh, yeah. Looking forward to uh, checking out Dan's Twitter account this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, third I wa- time. I want the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> it, can be, it can be like the Fast and Furious franchise. It keeps, keeps expanding. It's like, like, but like 12, 12, what's it now? Like 12 movies at this point? Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, Dan yeah. Edo and Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> Together. Together at last. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, so, the most read story on Accounting Web this week, despite everything else that's happening, self-assessment, Brexit, everything else, is Rebecca Cave's piece on HMRC's indication that it will turn off the VAT portal to encourage businesses to submit their VAT returns using MTD-compatible software. Um, I guess, I mean, I was trying to think about the reasons why this this might, um, this might have been the most read. Um, perhaps it's just our... Our readership being prepared for everything, uh, um, I'm not sure, but uh, I guess when accountants explain the requirements of MTD filing to their clients, a common reaction is, why should I change my processes? So, as Rebecca states here, the polite answer is, the VAT portal is going to be closed, and you'll get penalties if you don't submit your VAT return on time and in the correct manner. So, um, yes, Um so you read the piece, what did you think? Well, I mean, since HMRC have been saying they're going to close the VAT portal, I'm quite pleased they are going to close <laughs> the portal. Um, yeah. yeah, from my point of view, that's exactly what I'm doing with clients who are saying then, you know, they don't know anything about making tax digital because I still think there's an education piece here. So being able to say it actually is closing, that's mm. really important. Yeah, there's there's the element of carrot and stick, I guess, with yeah. the uh, with the digital records and uh, as, useful as, um, as useful as that kind of thing is to, to say all oh, your business will gain efficiencies and everything having that big stick behind them of HMRC penalties and the rest of it, it probably helps it's time for the stick now isn't it mm. Yeah. Mm. indeed so um, the piece itself um, prompted the usual sort of reaction from from readers uh, and uh, included the following comment from one of our members English Rose so long as I do not register and yes, I do know for my end of May VAT filing, I ought to have registered. They will not turn me off and there will be no penalty. So, yes, technically correct. But at the same, you know, because of the soft landing, there are no penalties for that year. But as I said, I guess it kind of misses the point um, somewhat. But uh, there we go. You can read Rebecca's articles for more details, uh, an example that she's included, and plenty more comments. There's a link in the show notes. Moving on to the discussion section now. Uh, Richard, you've been writing about self-assessment nightmares. This is the last pod before the 31st of Jan. Are we so... ready, everyone? How are we feeling? Uh, yeah, unsurprisingly, self-assessment is the hot topic at the moment. And whenever we talk about self-assessment, we can't escape the fact 
that for some bizarre reason self-assessment brings on those nightmare clients uh, and this has been one of the key stories on Accounting Web over the last couple of weeks I think mainly brought on by an article which I put together of the self-assessment horror stories where we had four accountants relive some of these nightmarish scenarios we had uh, uh, Linda Fred Fryer talk about how, how accountants need sort of counselling skills by some of the uh, clients mm-hmm. who come in and there's been occasions where she's had to hand across a tissue box as they were crying over a big tax bill. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also had um, uh, another accountant talking about that scary sound of that suitcase being dragged along towards <laughs> the desk full of receipts. Uh, and of course, the community reacted um, as you would expect, sort of sharing their own um, horror stories. We had Manchester man um, venting on any answers, saying, "I'm sick to death of clients asking me to arrange payment plans for their tax bills." Uh, also, Young Locke said, "We can't be expected to carry the burden of each client's stress as they walk in hand over their bag or envelope." And walk out feeling light as a daisy whilst we feel despair at the thought of not seeing our children <laughs> until like February. It's like a relationship between a priest and a... Yeah. Just the sheer up, despair. Upload all your sins. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I uh, feel cleansed. I feel cleansed, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I guess... Uh, so, yeah, that's sort of the trouble. And, and people are looking at different ways to try and deal with these nightmare clients like uh, Jennifer Adams has put together an article for us where she uh, talks about the options of using fines and penalties to try and make sure these, to whip these clients into action. Um, she used the example of Accounting Web member Mike's who um, operates with a percentage discounts and penalties. So, for example, those clients who hand in everything before the 31st of July, they would get a 10% discount. And then between August to October, no discount. And then from November onwards, we're now into penalty territory then. Um, so there's various different ways, but sometimes, as we've seen on any answers, accountants can be their own worst enemy. As uh, Ray Backley said, I once visited a kitchen showroom in late January. Resting on the counter was a carrier bag full of receipts ready to go off to their accountant. The carrier bag was branded for the firm of accountants. So it's maybe some accountants are... <laughs> Making a rod for their own back there. Yeah. I don't know. With, Zoe... the, it, with like the fines and stuff, it would seem to be more sensical to kind of for it to be like a positive thing rather than a punitive one. Like you say, in terms of like offering a discount, that makes a lot yeah, more kind okay. of sense. I guess that's where we come back to the the, the, the whole MCD thing: the, 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 the carrot. Do people respond to the carrot or the stick? Mm. But yeah, yeah. Zoe. I, well, I think people. There are certain people who will bury their head in the sand, regardless of what you do, mm. aren't there? Mm. Um, I won't be getting any branded carrier bags, though. <laughs> Something to keep in mind. Um, like I the don't. Bag. Yeah, um, I don't know if I've got time to think about the sort of complicated fine uh, system. So that's yeah. yeah that, I read that article, and somebody really had like ten different charges yeah, depending yeah, yeah. on when you submitted. Um, but personally. Um, I don't. I don't. I've been trying to avoid taking on very last minute tax returns. I have had the carrier bag of receipts nightmares a few times this year. So um, mm. it's it's deciding whether it's worth it or not for the sort of time and pressure. But when you go just doing your normal grocery shopping and you get the carrier bag, do you sort of get flashbacks? Oh yeah, the all the time. Yeah. I've done some counselling for that. Yeah. <laughs> Never left Vietnam. <laughs> How um, 
In terms of, I think Richard was mentioning there, the uh, the sort of client's trauma at being landed with big tax bills and things. I mean, how have you how have you found sort of dealing with the sort of emotional baggage that comes with that? The I think the the biggest shock is because I work with I have worked with a lot of very small clients. Mm. It's when they go over that thousand pound threshold and they have to start making payments on account that can be a big shock, particularly if they've had a big change in mm. during the year. And I really felt for the lady in that story because she's the, the person who she was talking about with the big tax bill mm. had a newborn baby. I think they had a baby the day before, and then she was like, "Oh, you've here's your thirty thousand pound tax bill." Um, so I, the way I've handled that is to have a conversation with my clients as we've gone along and say, "Just so you know, you might you might be in this territory and this." is what yeah. we're like you know just so that they're kind of ready for it i think it's something we're not really taught about at school or anything like just how the tax system works and there are i mean i, I think ipsy released the latest self-employed figures yesterday i think there, there was a another big uplift in that and there, there are so many people who are self-employed and, and yet don't understand that you need to keep a little pot back for um yeah uh, for tax purposes and yeah, knowing what the deadlines are. Mm. I've spoken to people who thought they had to do a tax return and don't need to do a tax return. Someone emailed me this morning saying, I need to do a tax return. Is it too late? So there's, there, it's an education thing, isn't it? All, all we can do is just try and tell people, you need to know about this. Yeah, yeah. indeed. So um, staying on your practice, Zoe, um, practice growth. Um, say since you were last on the pod, you, you, you've taken on staff, you've won an award. Um, yeah, tell us, uh, yeah, tell us more. Um, yeah, so last time I was here, I was still working part time and mm. I was running the business on the side. And I think at the time I was thinking, oh, I just need an extra pair of hands to help me get through tax returns or, you know, busy times of the year. Um, but since then, yeah, I've taken the business full time and really thought about what I want in the long run. You know, where I see myself in is so such a, a sort of interview question, isn't it? You know, where do you see yourself in five years? But it's actually quite important to know that. Um, so now I sort of have a view to having a practice and having a team of people and you know our own offices and things like that. One day I know I can start working towards that. So we've mm-hmm. been hiring. We're a team of four now, which is brilliant. So quite rapid growth, and um, we're just thinking about what our offering should be in terms of the services because we've built the business around traditional sort of monthly bookkeeping and tax returns but actually our clients are asking us for support with budgeting cash flow forecasting more advisory services Mm. so we're just looking at what we should be building into our offering going forwards in terms of in terms of my my business background obviously i i wrote a fair number of articles about the dangers of rapid growth as it were i mean obviously accountants should hopefully be a bit more savvy in terms of in terms of that but how have you found going from just Zoe's Zoe's practice through to having four members of staff and, and have you presumably you put in a lot of structures in place to make sure that things are um you know uh, uh, systemized and everything yeah um yes well systemizing is one of my sort of priorities for the next mm. quarter um I'm really thinking about what the task what the tasks are we need to do and you know how there are certain things which are going to be the same on all clients there are always going to be slight changes between different clients but making sure that everyone in the team knows what's expected and how we keep track of that and things like that mm. how it how the, how it's documented as well I've started using videos for training rather mm. than word documents that no one ever reads mm. so that's been quite helpful and we've got an induction plan so that well, I think it's really important for um, the team to know and also for my clients to know that the people they're working with 
um, are working to the same values that I had when I started the business. You know, I'm a chatterbox, so I, you know, I want to know what my clients are doing. I really, I'm really interested in their business, and I, I've made sure that I've taken on people who also think like that, and they just genuinely interested in the business and can sort of build that rapport. Mm-hmm. I suppose at, the, at this like early stage of building any business, it is sort of like it must feel a little bit like an extension of yourself. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like my it's my baby. It's and that's I think people find that hard when it comes to delegating. That's where it can be difficult. So that's when you need to be very clear with what your expectations are in terms of how you deal with clients and um, yeah, you know what your clients can expect to receive because. If you've seen my website, there's a big picture of me on the top mm. and it's not just me now, it's a team. So we need to change that and, and talk about the team more. Um, but I ne- yeah, need my clients to be ready to know that they're working with more than just me. Yeah, it's a really well put together website, actually well worth um, well worth people having a look at uh, in terms of how to lay out a really good practice website. What, what's the what's the address, sorry? Oh, it's butthebooks.co.uk. Fantastic. Yeah, and um, yeah, as I say, the video the video training. You know, I obviously had a had a quick uh, quick look around. It was it was actually referenced in your in your sort of awards. Um, uh, one of the reasons why you won the 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 ICB award uh, was for your website. I think Gary Carter yeah. referenced it. Uh, yeah, that was really nice to mm. be sort of acknowledged for that. I think so. You know, I didn't go to the awards expecting to win anything. Mm. It was just amazing to have been acknowledged and shortlisted. Mm. So, uh, I'm, yeah, very proud to have won that award last year. Yeah, has it made? Do you found? Have you found it's made a difference uh, being a, a quote unquote award winning practice? Yeah, and I. Th- Yes, I do think it's made a difference. And I think because it's an industry award as well, that mm. means a lot more. There are a lot of awards out there, mm. you know, and end of the year is typical sort of awards season, isn't it? But mm. um, to be yeah, noticed within the industry is um, really valuable. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, Accounting Web also came away from uh, from the ICB Awards with a, with a trophy. Mm. Yeah, yeah so. congratulations. <laughs> Absolutely. So, onto a story that literally takes the biscuit. Uh, Patisserie Valerie going into administration. Uh, Fran, what's the story? Yeah, it's been winding for a while. Like, long story short, like you mentioned, is you know they've gone into administration finally after sort of like lurching, um, lurching from one sort of um, uh, setback to the other. Um, of Patisserie Valerie, of course, for people that uh, might not remember, uh, the whole saga started last year after accounting reg- irregularities left the left the business uh, saddled with a tax bill of more than a million pounds, a winding up order, and and a twenty million pound hole in its accounts, which is quite substantial. Um, it, it then coincided with the FD being suspended. He's under investigation by the Serious Fraud Office. Uh, the chief exec also left uh, in fairly swift fashion. And Luke Johnson, the very prominent entrepreneur who is the chairman of Pedestrian Valley, uh, basically gave an unsecured £20 million loan where he doesn't know if he's going to get that back now because it was unsecured. Um, and they brought in uh, these two sort of veteran um, corporate uh uh, people that have experience in terms of like saving ailing companies and, and, and just as early as last week um, uh, the interim CFO had told Rachel Reeves the MP uh, that things were kind of on track and going ahead but uh, subsequent to that uh, literally just a few days later they uh, worked from the company's uh, forensic accountants had quote revealed that the misstatement of its accounts was extensive involving very significant manipulation of the balance sheet and profit and loss accounts among other manipulations this involved thousands of false entries into the company's ledgers it will take some time before a reliable trading outlook can be completed while the above work streams 
progress. So uh, they were. This was horrible news for any company, but obviously they were in the midst of sort of negotiating with their bank. And I think the news came out, and the bank's response was essentially, "Nah." <laughs> so um, the company is basically now just. Uh, Collapse and they've appointed KPMG as um, their uh, administrator. Um, for the 3,000 people that work for Patricia Valerie, obviously, I assume it's uh, pretty horrible news, especially mm. the, way, the horrible way to start the year. Indeed. Uh, Zoe, have you been following this? I have. I mean, I'm a big Patisserie Valerie fan, so it's terrible news <laughs> as a cake lover. Um, <laughs> um, it's not great news on the high street generally, though, is yeah, it? I not. mean, I'd much rather go and buy a cup of tea and a piece of cake from a nice little independent, and maybe yeah. that's part of the problem. Mm. Yeah, it raises a lot of questions. I mean, it's a, this is a very big business. It's a very established business, and... Obviously, not wanting to impinge on a uh, ongoing investigation, it does seem like there was like quite serious fraud happening. And um, you know, firstly, the auditor Grant, Grant Thornton just kind of missed it, and um, the management also just missed it. Um, mm. It seems as if I think I think it's still going to roll out, but it seems as if there was a pretty serious and prolonged overstatement of the company's cash position over the years. Indeed, no, and um, I, I remember when you initial story breaking one of our um, finance director members had commented on below the line on one of your pieces you know, how difficult is it you mm. know stock in cash uh, yeah so yeah just one of yeah it's yeah. um because it, the, the company i think was one of the sort of like it was like a seen as a success story mm. uh it was expanding nicely um you know it had that pedigree it was almost it's almost a century old mm. um and you know that's kind of fallen fallen to the wayside unfortunately Indeed. Well, thank you very much, Fran. Yeah, thank you. No worries. And finally, section this week, rubbish robots. So accountants have been told for quite a while now that uh, technology is coming to take their jobs away. So this story um, from across the globe will hopefully uh, uh, give people some encouragement that the uh, that the tech revolution isn't quite as uh, imminent as they'd hoped for. So, um, yeah, uh, Japan's uh, Henan-na Hotel has laid off half its 243 robot staff after they created more problems than they solved. So um, in the hotel, it is a bit of a novelty hotel, as it were, but uh, there was a a sort of doll-shaped assistant in each room um, who was hooked up to, uh, I think, Siri, Google Assistant and Alexa, was able to answer questions about business opening times, tourist attractions, etc. But um, yeah, it was it was getting it was getting the answers wrong and on a couple of occasions where someone would snore or roll over in bed, it would say, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that and wake them up. So not ideal really. Um, other workers on the chopping block including uh, include two Velociraptor robots Ooh. positioned at check in. Um, they were they were de- oh, yeah. <laughs> as you do they were decommissioned because human workers essentially had to do the jobs for them including photocopying so yeah I'm not sure how the Velociraptors <laughs> would use the photocopy with their claws yeah. but... I'm, dis- I'm really disappointed I didn't go to this hotel yeah. my, um, my, my personal favourite robot worker is the uh, security robot in Washington DC uh, who drowned himself in like uh, the office like I, it looked like a pond in like mm. it's like I suppose it's like those big American corporate buildings that has like these enormous water features inside yeah. and they decided to leave this un- like this unmanned Essentially, security drone and the thing just drowned mm. itself. Wow. Yeah. I'd, well, I'd rather have Mario being the paranoid android yeah. in my hotel than yeah. Skynet taking over my He's hotel. Sky- 
it's like uh, yeah it, it can it's just sort of just like starts telling you when to wake up it's like it's 4am you're waking up now like, <laughs> all right indeed i i guess um frivolity aside there there is a serious point i, I was i was saying off air uh, earlier when i first uh, before my before my illustrious journalism career took off um i had plenty of plenty of sort of holiday jobs in finance departments and uh, you know purchase ledger clerk jobs etc and had some pretty awful jobs where you would literally be keying in data from a piece of paper into a database or a spreadsheet and tech developments have meant that these terrible jobs are sort of slowly coming to an end they're they're, they're still out there don't get me wrong but uh, yeah it does leave more time for um development and working and everything like this but uh yeah i think i think there is still a way to go before um you know service jobs in particular and and professional service jobs like accountancy is uh is replaced i don't know i'm gonna see if i can find a robot a robot bookkeeper now <laughs> velociraptor <robot bookkeeper. laughs> Yeah, that'll stop those late clients <laughs> what's that what's that absolutely the enormous dinosaur a brontosaurus one with a really long neck. A brachiosaurus. Yeah, I want one of those bad boys. Mm. Bring them in the office. Yeah. <laughs> brachiosaurus Friday. Brachiosaurus Friday, yeah. My goodness. Well, we have, Accounting Web does have a dog Friday, so uh, maybe we could Dance branch it. out to um, yeah. extinct. Uh, Jurassic Sift. <laughs> there we go. A um, little bit of a plug at the end of the podcast here. So um, you can join us for a morning workshop on making tax digital for VAT. That is on the 12th of February with Della Hudson and to help fine-tune your MTD preparations. And you can book your ticket at accountingwebevents.co.uk forward slash making dash tax dash digital. Hopefully I haven't messed that up too much. Um, And if you'd like to comment on the pod, send us a story or just tell us how wonderful we are. You can reach us on naft at accountingweb.co.uk. UK? UK. And that's about it for now. Thank you very much, Richard. Thanks for having me, guys. And thank you to Fran. Cheers, guys. And thank you for coming in, Zoe. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you for listening right to the end. Thank you to QuickBooks for their support. Producer Baume for her excellent production assistance. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you to Intuit QuickBooks for sponsoring this podcast. For more information, go to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash delightful.